Wow, we're live. We're we're live, dude. Like this is live, live. This is live, real action. People are trickling in somewhat. Look at Luna over my shoulder. She's so cute. In case you were wondering, this is what we look like. Um, you know, we've been a voice podcast for a very long time. Um, and I guess uh I was gonna I was gonna wait to let Oren in, but I guess I'll just Oren's in. Oren's in, yeah. Oren oh, uh, today. Uh, would you like to introduce the show, my friend? I mean, you, well, you've talked a lot. Though. I have talked a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna let you do the talking. Sure, I'll, I'll talk. Welcome to the Jewpoint Conversion, the first time that we've ever gone live, and you've seen our faces. Like, we have faces for radio, don't we? Oh, yeah, very much radio-like faces. Except Oren. Oren's a little cutie pie. That's true. Oren, Oren, Oren does have a face. Like, a, like a face. I, I want to, like, pinch your dimples. Oh, yeah. Dimples. He's, he's, I said dimples. Yeah. yeah. I did say dimples. He did, you did say dimples. I heard it. And we could do radio <laughs> replay for sure. But yeah, he definitely definitely said dimples. Um, Orin, you changed your background. What, what What's going on here? Are you in like... I might, I might, I might have people walking back and forth, so... No, I don't know. you're supposed I, to say you're in a swanky place. I, huh? You're supposed to say you're in a swanky place with you're a brand new... Yeah. Oh, no. I can't, I can't afford this. You're supposed to say... <laughs> you're supposed to say that you are a professional <laughs> piano player who does professional piano for a living. Uh. The and day I the day I play professional piano, I'll also have a six pack. So it's coming coming soon. You heard it here first, folks. You you put it out in the universe. It's gonna happen. Orrin Grenberg is gonna true. get a six pack. Orrin Grenberg, fe uh, featured guest in the past. Yes, welcome future. welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank Elijah Zalonki alongside Noah, Noah Friedman. We uh, I, I I can't believe we're live. Right? I can't believe this we're is, live. This is crazy. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's better than doing Zoom and then having to like restart. Do, yeah, all exactly. The time, right? So so like this goes for as long as we want. Oh yeah, so exactly. We so could do good. a telethon. Dude, we could. Can we raise money? <laughs> yeah, we could. I mean, you know, that's like, it's not. We can. Guys, we're gonna raise money so yeah, I can yeah. afford this. Raise money. Yeah, we exactly. <laughs> we're raise money for Orin's a future bachelor so, pad. We should. Oh wait, no, raise, Orin, you're in a happily committed relationship. Raise, <laughs> raise, raise, um, raise money so we get Orin a piano. Oh yeah, really that's, nice what I, that's what do I want. Either, do either of you know how to play piano? Um, I kind of taught myself a little bit. I love good. music, but I am musically in, like not talented. I, I love this setup with the with the hip hop timer that we just had to intro. Yeah, oh yeah, that was, that was a, hype. a fun one. Yeah, I was about, I was about, I was about to freestyle on it. I'm like, it says your mic is muted. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, we've been hearing me anyway. <laughs> My name is Lauren, and I root for the Eagles. Yes, well, I do. You know, we well, we have the three of us to start. There could be other guests trickling in, from what yep. I hear. Uh, we got a couple other uh, recurring guest stars who may or may not make an appearance. But we're not going to say their names because we want to make sure that they show up. Right, and, exactly. and, not, and not, okay, yeah, so we'll do that. But listen, we're on here to talk football, the NFL specifically. We just completed divisional weekend, not just. I mean, it's been like a week right. since we started the first round of games. So. Right, but, you know, it's still, I, I still think it's, in with, it's within the appropriate time to recap. It is. I agree. And we can definitely recap the four games that went on on Saturday and Sunday of last week and preview the AFC and NFC Championship games. So Hell yeah. why, why don't we just get right into it? I mean, we can obviously have a recurring or I guess who come in, you know, give their thoughts at a later time. But for now, it's just the three of us. So let's do this. First one on tap was the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had a really impressive win against the Chargers in the wildcard round. They went to Arrowhead, Kansas City, faced the Chiefs. Uh, the big story out of this one, by the way, was a Chiefs win, 27-20. No spoilers. No spoilers. The big story out of this one, and you guys may or may not agree, that's why we do this show, 
is Patrick Mahomes and his status. He suffered a high ankle sprain early on in the game, had to come out for a long period of time. Chad Henney, longtime backup quarterback, came in, filled the role so nicely. But Mahomes, I mean, listen, he played pretty well considering. 22 of 30, 195, two touchdowns. Henny came in 5 of 7 for 23 and a tud. And he led a 99-yard touchdown drive. He did. That's very true. But listen, Kansas City is, I would say, vulnerable. The, the score doesn't necessarily Clark, indicate. Are you trying to do an advertisement while I'm talking right now? Sure am. What sure are we? Am. Okay, fine. What are we sponsoring? This show is brought to you by Sparkling Ice. They're not an official sponsor, but they are very tasty. Uh, so <laughs> Sparkling Ice, if you're listening, give us your money and we'll give you uh, more more drinkers. More airtime. Airtime. Yeah, that. Anyway, because you were saying because. Uh, I, I did, you know, that was a kind of like a silly little time for an it was, ad. It was very funny. It was pretty funny. I, I really it was, enjoyed it. Actually. It was a, it was a, it was a real knee slapper. But um, anyway, yeah, Mahomes, like, I mean, Henny coming in and doing that was pretty crazy. It yeah. was against the Jaguars defense that's been very proven. Even though they spotted the Chargers a twenty-point lead to begin the wild card game. Right. But listen, they they were dominant. Just Doug Peterson being nice, <laughs> you know, being friendly to the uh, to the Chargers. But yeah, I um, you know, that was uh, it it, it kind of went. Oh, there. Oh, wait, one sec. Before we do that, before before we introduce our next guest, I just want to say like yeah. that was very much a. Uh, it, it was one of those games where you know, like Mahomes high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. just like on the sideline, kind of throwing a justified temper tantrum about you know not being able to come back into the game, and just to see like this is the importance of having a capable backup quarterback there because you know seventeen game schedule and you know you're playing in the postseason. You, you missed a week, you know, like you're, you're a little off your routine. Next thing you know, something happens, you get, you get rolled up on. You got to have someone who's ready to come off the bench goal. You got to have a good reliever. And that's what Chad Henney is. I've never seen someone slam their winter jacket. Like, yeah, right. I've seen them slam helmets. I've seen them slam tablets. I've seen them slam clipboards. I've seen them slam players. Well, water coolers. Yeah, more so. Right, right. But hey, you yeah, remember I, Sean Rodriguez of the Pirates boxing a water cooler? In the wildcard game against the Cubs. I do remember that. It's a good, time. good time. Sean Rodriguez, badass. Poor yeah. Angel. Like great defender. Great defensive player. But yeah, Oren, what, what were your thoughts on the on the game? Did you watch the game? Did you I um I did watch the game. I was at work though, so I saw only You saw highlights? You know, yeah, I saw more like well not how I was watching the game, but like if I had a client I had to leave my my area. But for what I saw, I was really impressed by the Jaguars and I've been saying it all season, regardless of how it ended for them, they have a lot to look forward to. And I think Doug Peterson's the right guy to take them. So I'm really happy for them and, you know, whatever. And from the Chiefs side, I mean, as a game, I loved the two coaches, obviously. They both have Eagles history. Both of them are beloved Eagles coaches. Neither one of them are like Chip Kelly, where we wanted him out of the city. Effectively um, the Eagle Bowl. Yeah, it was an Eagle Bowl, the ex-Eagle Bowl. Only difference is one of them actually brought us the Super Bowl. But that's not the point. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> with the Chiefs, I mean, Mahomes do what Mahomes does every week. And they've been missing a running back all season. I mean, Pacheco played well, okay, fine. But he still got it done injured. I mean, you can't count Patrick Mahomes out. And every time I see a Patrick Mahomes commercial, I'm like, this guy still has a lot of football to focus on, even though he's elite. That's really funny, actually. That was really funny. It looked like a bird. That was really good. I have, my house is haunted, guys. That's what that's what's happening in the background. We knew it. We knew it. Um, it's too good to be true with this <laughs> house. But for what it's worth, I mean, he's so talented 
that I feel like you can never count him out. Right. He's one of those, like, I, I would take him half injured competing with the best of the best, including the Bills. I know it was the Jaguars, but I still trust him at that caliber <laughs> level. Um, but, but, but I'm with you. I'm a Jaguars, Jaguars, Orin. You have to understand that. Like, of course. These, these Jaguars are different. This is not your Jaguars. This is your future kids' Jaguars. And, and for yeah. what it's worth, the Jaguars, I feel like every couple years, the Jaguars just show up and – Fuck it up for someone. Usually it's the Steelers. Every five years they show up. <laughs> is that every five? Well, because 2017, they 20, made that run to the AFC Championship game. Uh, I know they did in 2007. They, okay. So, or, so it's every either five or ten years. Because then you uh, have 2007. 96, their second year in existence, was when they upset John Elway and the Broncos. Tom so, Coughlin coaching that team. Yep, yep. I do remember that. I mean, you know I, don't, I don't remember you that. You don't remember that. You no, were, I was a year old. Knee high to a bullfrog, but yeah. Um, you were months but, uh, but at the end of the day, at the end of the year – I would say I'm worried. I am worried for the Chiefs. Well, um, I mean, let's not I, overlook them. Oh, I, but I'll give that take when we get to that game. Right, right, but, right. Um, and speaking of that game, you know, I, I want to talk. You know, that was the first game of the weekend. Pretty much everything kind of went as expected, except the Mahomes injury, obviously. And but, again, the score was not indicative of how dominant the Chiefs were. Well, I, I do think the Jags played a respectable game, given like you know they, they did cover. They covered. Good, good teams not lose. Great much. teams cover. Yep, it's just well, the mantra. Right, or something like that. No, that's the... Is that what the mantra? Or sure it's not great teams... Good wait, teams good lose. Good teams lose. Great teams cover. Wait, why do good teams lose? That because, make sense. because... I don't like that. I don't like it. Okay, well, it's... The, but if it's the saying, it's, it's the, the saying. I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at okay, the saying. Okay, thank you. Okay, but look. Um. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, She's moving on to the AFC Championship game. Moving on to the AFC Championship. They'll be hosting it. Yes. Um, oh, but we're going to know why in a few minutes. Right, but then the next game that happened that day is one that I thought was going to be a little bit closer than it was, but it was an absolute rout. And before we talk about it, I want to introduce a fan, uh, the other fan of the winning team, uh, a great man uh, with a really wonderful girlfriend and a really wonderful dog who I met last week or last weekend, I should say, when I went to go visit them in New York, had a great time with them. Um, and uh, he played football for the university of high school and a uh, really good offensive guard, and he knows the game as well as pretty much anyone I know. Let's uh, let's get Noah Gross in here. Yeah! Recurring guest star Noah Gross. Welcome, Luna. Go let just, just to clarify, it was high school, university, not university of high school. Just, just, the, it's a common mistake. Common mistake. Common okay. mistake my, my fault. My fault. The high school university. Correct. Um, yes. Noah, how's it going, man? How, uh, how, how, how you been? Welcome. Yeah, back. no, we're feeling good. We are doing our best to, like, not acknowledge what is happening tomorrow so that we delay the panic and anxiety for as long as we can. We're doing that decently well, I'm going to be honest. Decently well. Well, you came on the show, Noah, so now you have to live through whatever it is we're about to talk about here with your Philadelphia Eagles, Orange Philadelphia Eagles. Basically, Elijah and I, I'm trying to figure out, like, a sandwich metaphor. Because essentially, it's the two of us, and then well, it's, two Eagles fans. It's a, it's a shit sandwich. That's what it is. It's cold. Bad, dude. Right? Yes, correct. I agree with that. We are bad guts. Yep. As a matter of fact, I mean, at least you've seen your team win a Super Bowl, so I'm going to put on my Cubs hat just because we've the all won the World we've Series. all seen oh. our teams win championships. Um, but um, Geek Squad. Um, but yeah, oh, man. Wow. I, um, yeah, that, that Eagles game, you know, I was watching with Noah and I was nervous that he was going to, you know, like if it was super close, like I, I, I didn't know how I was going to react to the game. You know, like if it was really close, maybe even if the Giants pulled off an upset, that game was over in the first quarter. Yeah, um, no, Bradbury, I. James Bradbury made that interception. That game was over. Former Giant James Bradbury. Former yeah. Giant. <laughs> yep. They just cut and got nothing back in return, which I still don't understand 
how no one in this league went, yeah, we'll give you a seventh round pick and swallow that salary for a season. I still don't understand how he was just let go. Also, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson being back made a massive difference, you could tell. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought it would be one of those games where it's, you know, 17-16 at half, couple of turnovers. Um, give the Giants credit. They did have made a couple of good plays on defense. They did force a fumble on Jalen Hurts. They did force, you know, a turnover there. But, yeah, this game was over in the first quarter. I think from that very first shot play to Devontae Smith, you went, oh, Jalen is back. He's fully back. Him fully back. There's just no way they're not winning tonight. I think that's really yeah. all it was. Just too much offensive talent. Yeah, and, you know, Jalen really looked like – I mean, he didn't have, like, an amazing statistic of the game, but who cares? He won by 31. And he looked, you know, he looked healthy, and that's really all you could hope for. Yeah, there was one specific – specifically, there was a read option he had where he originally had, like, four yards, could have slid, gotten, like, four yards in the first down, spun back inside towards the defense, and ended up getting, like, eight or nine on the play and took not a huge shot, but, like, a decent hit in the open field and popped right back up, and that was sort of – as anyone who has played football, been injured, and come back, you know you need that first real shot to go, oh, I can still do all the things that I was doing pre-injury. I'm good now. You need to get that one, and that was that one for him, I feel like. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's people forget that it is important for these players to get hit. You know, they need to feel, you know, like that kind of is in some ways how people enter the game. You know, that's kind of like it kind of gets the blood flowing, gets the adrenaline pumping, and I think that was, you know, kind of the case for Jalen, you know, who had missed time. Um, and I mean, you know, like, can we just like, I mean, I think it's official that we could put to bed this narrative that the Eagles are the same team with Gardner Minshew. Like <laughs> that was some, that was a pretty, pretty whack-ass take. Can't remember who said it, but definitely not the best take I've ever heard. Uh, I'm sure whoever said it has made some good takes before, but oh, I, I can't remember his name. But if if you Google it, he has had quite an emphatic response where he has had a profanity laced tirade where he basically said, "If ESPN wants to stop sh keep sharing this quote, they should have me on." I digress. Um, you know, I think that the questions about the offense with with Jalen versus Gardner were fair. I think that the hypothesis of they could still be good without Jalen was fair. We then tested the hypothesis and saw we were wrong. Jalen is not just the guy who happens to have a lot around him, like maybe someone else playing in the game tomorrow, but is actually genuinely a talented quarterback, perhaps unlike someone playing quarterback in the game tomorrow, which is up for debate. But I, but, well, but that point being, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll, we'll I, get there. We'll I get love there. how uninteresting, not, not that this conversation is, but the fact that we've completely digressed from the actual game itself. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's because it was like, it was. It was 28 nothing. I, I mean, you can ask, no, like, I, I don't really fall asleep during games, but I kind of dozed off a little bit on the couch. That's crazy. Because it was yeah. like, you know, it was, it was over. And like, I mean, we were already very, no and I were like, we were very happy. I was, I was glad to see the Eagles win, of course. Well, as um, you can tell you, I, did, I, I was worried something wonky was going to happen until the third. Until the third touchdown. Then I was like, okay, we're up 21 nothing. Statistically speaking, the odds of overcoming this are so economical. Now I can get comfortable. But for a second, I'm saying it's early. Look, we're a turnover away. You saw, again, there was a strip sack force turnover later in the game. You get one of those early as opposed to late. Maybe the game, the complexion of the game is different. But it wasn't there, just so There happens. were a lot of points throughout the game where we were saying lots of football left. Lots of football left. A lot of football left. left. Lot of football left. Even Emily football. joined in. A lot of football left. That's yeah, no it, it became sort of the, the, shout out the, the Emily. Weekend. By the way, she made the best mini hot dogs I've had in my entire life. <gasps> Pigs in a blanket? Uh, no, 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 no. Do you tell them what, what did you say? No, they were bacon wrapped weenies with brown sugar. 
Get out of here. Unbelievably. That roasted them in the oven for like an hour. Yeah, perfect, for the, perfect for the Jew point conversion. I'll be there in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not. So they were like, they were so I woke up so, at like 4 a.m. Like go to the bathroom and went over to the fridge. And I'm like, that's I, I got to do what I had, I had to, I had to, I had to go just potty. eating them nice cold, day. staring off in the distance like a sociopath. But yeah, that's my, that's mom. my best year right there, y'all. Okay, let, let me get back on track. I want to bring Lauren in, but first I want to just say the most random stat that I found hilarious from that game was Boston Scott. I think the he's played in nine career games against the Giants, and he scored a touchdown in every single one. Is that there correct? we go? There we go. Also, I believe eleven of his, I want to say, eighteen career touchdowns are against the Giants. It's an so astronomical wild. percentage. It's the, that's crazy. Oren, what did you what did you think of uh, the birds getting the, the dub and just completely like relieving I, yourself of any stress for the entire game? Pretty much. I mean, I also thought it would be closer than it was. Um, again, I was working that day, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. But um, I can tell you every time they scored, my coworker came out. And I was like, the amount of times he came out before I saw him come out for the Giants, I already kind of had a feeling how this game was kind of going. And then when I did get away and I got to take a look at it, it was, I mean, I'm not shocked. I'm like, I'm kind of proud of my team this year. You cocky SOB. I'm not. <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts was 13 and one. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> he's amazing. No, I'm, I'm um, not. I think, crazy, I think people stuff, forgot dude. that a little bit when Minshew was gone. People were like, oh, he's going to come back and get rusty. And I'm like, yeah, two weeks. The man and- had time. And I'm, so I'm not surprised. I mean, again, I thought it would be closer. I know playoffs, how they run. I know the Giants, how it's not like a random team we're playing. This is our division rival. They saw us twice already. Um, I thought yeah, I they would it would be a little closer because it got closer. The first, like, first time, y'all blew them out. Second time, second time was, close. was like It was like annoyingly close, but y'all still were clearly the better team. Yep. And then this time was, was just like, yeah. this time was like any chance of redemption. Well, I think what's getting lost in the narrative a little bit is that the reason that we thought it was going to be, we thought it could be close didn't have a chance to come to fruition because the way the game would have been closed had it been where Saquon was getting the ball 30 to 35 times. They were running a lot of clock. They didn't have the opportunity to do that because they went down by so much early. If yep. let's say hypothetically, it was only a seven nothing game at the end of the first quarter. I think it would have ended up being a close game. Cause I think Barkley would have eventually got, got gotten going. He had that one big chunk play in the third or fourth quarter. Um, but so, so the reason that we thought, oh, it could be close, we never got to see it hypothetically play out. And that that's kind of why, you know, that's why I said, like, the James Bradbury interception is when it really felt like it was over because I believe it was 14 nothing when he made the pick and it was like, all right, Eagles already – it might have been 7 nothing, but it's like Eagles already have the lead. It was 14, yeah. Forced a couple three and outs, and they have the ball back. It's like, yeah, there's no – Giants won't come back. And, and I mean, there have been that question you, know, of all people say all, yeah. it's over, like, well before the final zero, like, that kind of shows you – just how much of a blowout it was. Yeah, absolutely. And if you and also if you go back to me, the sort of big sign of the game was when they went for it on fourth and eight. That to me was Brian Dable saying, I don't think my defense is gonna get a stop tonight. Like that, like to go for fourth and eight that early in the game. And it wasn't from like her like horrendous no man's land. It was like a 40, like six. Like you could have gotten a good punt and say yourself 30, 35 yards. I think that early on made me go, oh, they feel like they need to score every possession. And quite frankly, that was understandable because they probably knew their defense couldn't hold up with Philly with, look, I mean, they didn't. So he was correcting that in that regard. Somehow, Brian Dable and Mike Dable, thank you, and Mike McCarthy are very much like the antithesis of one another. And we'll talk about it, but Mike McCarthy made a decision to punt when he probably could have gone for it that late in the game. Yeah. Well, 
Dabble was like Dable. Dable. Oh my god. <laughs> Dable Cable. Fable. Tom Dable. Cable. Yep. Fablemans. Dable. So well, and, and I wanted to mention what you said, Noah, about the fact that the Eagles have the number one rush offense in the entire league, right? 112 yards from Kenneth Gainwell, 90 yards from Miles Sanders. They literally just smash mouth football. It just it reminds me so much. I'm trying to think of a team that literally just uses the run game as their like the New England Patriots with all those no name running backs. Like they just played smash mouth football and then they were able to get Tom Brady loose with play action. Right? right, Jalen Hurts can do that easily with Devontae Smith if he wants to run a go route any single time. Like it, it just goes to show Nick Sirianni the way that he's able to maneuver this team, the way that he's able to pick out any situation and out coach. Basically, I, I would think that Brian Dable might be a better coach than him just in general, but Brian Dable also basically made something out of nothing with the roster that he had. Yes, and right. really, the, the biggest loser of this entire game isn't even anybody who was on the field. It's the Minnesota Vikings. Can you imagine yeah. going on that gauntlet run that the Vikings had? That's a really good point. Losing, That's a really good losing point. losing to the Giants yeah. at home, and the Giants just getting absolutely smacked by the Eagles. If the, it had been Vikings-Eagles, that would have been a rematch of Week 2 when that game was pretty close. And from what two I completely different teams this time. Well, yeah. yeah. Vikings yeah. Week 2 um, was not that close. It, it was close. Eagles, Eagles got it, was, no, it was one Eagles of those games. Close. It was sort of the opposite block of the goal that made it look closer. Like a block, um, didn't they get a block field goal touchdown on you guys? That yeah, game? So, so it was it was a closer game than the score reflected. It was a competitive game up until like late third quarter, if I recall correctly. Right, uh, and that was like you know Kirk Cousins prime time. And my all that. my like, only yeah, impression. Things look really bad right now, and I don't I don't think Kevin O'Connell is it O'Connell or just Connell? O'Connell. 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 Yep. I don't I, like I honestly he he gives me some serious Matt Nagy vibes, and he had a very similar first year to Matt Nagy. Just saying, but you know that's a whole my, other conversation. My only my only input on this well, whole entire yeah, side thing is Kirk Cousins. That's all I'm gonna say. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. I think I think I think. I wonder if the that's Vikings becoming their problem. I wonder if the well, Vikings in fairness, in fairness, not. they were like ten and one in one score games. Eventually, that coin flip just like lands tails for you. You can only skirt that line for so long before it bites you. I might, you know what I mean? Was well, it on Kirk? Yeah, 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 it was. To me, to me, it doesn't matter if you win or lose by one point games. Why was it a one point game? Why did you only lose by one? Why did you only win by one? You know, sure, if, fair. If, context if, matters. You know, if you win seven eight, doesn't mean anything. If you lost 20, 25, 27, that's the right number. But 25, 26, then I can say, hey, okay, your defense kind of let you down a little bit. And with the Vikings, it's, it does seem like a 50-50, but a lot of the times it's like, like they have momentum. They have momentum, and Kirk Cousins does what he's been doing for three years with the Vikings. Justin Jefferson I mean, yeah, also actually checked it down games. on a fourth and eight at the end of the game. Hilarious. Still really funny. Anyway, I do want to move on because we should get uh, get going to eventually talk about the conference championship game. Um, we can talk about the other AFC matchup. Oh, yes. Well, no, we're going to get we'll, – well, yes. Uh, so um, – this one, oh man, how aesthetically beautiful was the Bengals Bills game? Just like gorgeous, the snow, and you have the Bengals in their all white uniforms with the leopard print, just like, and then you got the Bills in their classic attire. Tiger, tiger. Like, okay, tiger. yeah, yeah, I, I said leopard, I know it's it's not. I, I just I was gonna let it go and I just couldn't. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it's right. understandable, it's fair. Um, uh, but but yeah, guys, that was like, I mean, like really at the beginning of the game, do you remember what I texted you? The beginning of the game, I can look. You, you could, or I could just say it. But basically, yeah, you could tell me. I said to Noah Friedman, <laughs> and he us. could, he could vouch for me. And I also said this to Noah Gross while we were in the room. I said, 
the snow plays into the yes, Bengals he did. hands. You did say this because, because Josh, Josh Allen, Allen is he doesn't have the capacity to be methodical. And also the Bills offense is kind of tailored around running like you know, it's not tailored around running the ball. It's all about him. Allen's gotta run it, Allen's gotta throw it. And he's yeah, like he's a gunslinger, you know, he's not about methodical. And Joe Burrow defines methodical. Like it is like Joe Burrow is the closest thing to uh, to Tim Brady that we've seen. And I just think, you know, after that first drive of the game where they go down and get a quick touchdown with those, you know, like quick passes over the middle, finds Jamar Chase, gets a 7 nothing lead. Hayden Hurst, 14 nothing. Yes, yeah, well, like- uh, after uh, uh, Josh Allen missed digs on a deep throw down the field, right. Hurst gets a touchdown, 14 nothing. Uh, kind of not quite as brutal as the Eagles-Giants game, but still like kind of a similar structure where – you know the 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 uh, the the Bengals, you know, like the, the Bills just weren't built to be able to come back from that early deficit. Like they just did not have it in them. The difference is clearly Zach Taylor's message to the team was what 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 are we missing? I'm, I'm just looking at Orange shenanigans. Right oh, now. Orange, really Orange, 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 Oh, oh no, or, Orange, Orange has so much to say right now. Whoa! Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but Orange has got the boombox. Can I finish my point? Yeah, that's why I haven't said anything yet. No, yeah, my Jew point. No, but I'm just saying. Clearly, Zach Taylor's message to the team at the beginning of the game, head coach of the Bengals, he, he, it was like, you know, we got to take the crowd out of it early. They're going to be pumped up. It's Bills Mafia. DeMar Hamlin's in the house. Yep. Um, and – or allegedly in the house. We he don't was. Know if it was a body double. No, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Whoa. No, you, you hear that conspiracy? No. There's like a whole conspiracy. Oh, yeah. It's a whole thing. No, people were like, oh, was it – maybe it, it wasn't really his face. It's a crank, crank pot shit. He had a no. really nice message tonight, by the way, for everybody. That I saw that, yeah. Well wishes Lovely guy. Like, if you, if you go on either the Bill's Twitter or DeMar's Twitter or his Instagram. It is like, pretty cool that he got to see, like, kind of how people react to his funeral. I mean, know, it sucks, but it's, like, kind of cool in a way. People forget he died. Yeah. They had no, that's to revive what CPR him twice. Is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what a great football guy for being able to be, like, who won the game? Like, so first thing is, I love that. But anyway, yep. moving on. Did you make that? That's a yet? that's a, yeah. That's a tough crowd to take out. You know they were getting loud early on, and it was just conversion after conversion. Methodical, methodical Joe Burrow. Like that's like he was just leading his team down the field. He doesn't. The Bengals in their playoff wins have realized they don't score the most points. They don't have like this well, amazing. They offense. do when they win. So. No, no, they don't score like a ton of points. Like they're not winning like thirty eight. The most points. They're not scoring like thirty eight points a game, but like. They're converting third downs. They're moving the ball down the field. Like, they're making plays. And I feel like whenever Joe Burrow has a third down, he's always going to make something happen. And uh, that that's my point. That's that's pretty much it. Orin, you said you had a lot to say. What do you have to say? Okay, ready? <laughs> I've, been, I've, <laughs> I've been saying this since last year. Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. Winter, spring, summer, fall, I'm taking Joe Burrow. I'm I've been you. waiting so long. And I was kind of upset at the, like, I mean, obviously I understand what happened with Hamlin, and I'm, I'm happy with the decision to stop the game. But I was waiting so long for that game because I wanted, I'm so tired of hearing Josh Allen this, Josh Allen that. Uh, he's the guy, he's the number one uh, up and coming besides Mahomes, obviously. Um, I, no, it's it's Burrow. Burrow's so underrated. And I just wanted the world to, to know that he's number two in my heart behind yeah. Hurts. I, I I'm with you on that. I mean, he's he's amazing. Like just the way he's very composed out there. And uh, Burrowsville. I mean, just because he doesn't make those electric throw on the run, 
you know, off the back foot, 60 yards downfield on a dime. It doesn't like he doesn't do that because he doesn't have to. Like he's he's able to get the ball down the field, put it in his playmaker's hands, and he's just very rarely wrong. So uh, let, let me interject before Noah Gross makes a, probably what's going to be a great point. I I, I <laughs> wanted to say this is the, this is something I really don't like saying because I like watching the Buffalo Bills play football, but we knew the Buffalo Bills were frauds, and you want to know why? Week what? week ten, who did the Bills play? At home. The Jets? No, they played the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Oh, right, right. In probably <laughs> one of the best games of the entire one of the, year. One of the best This all circles games. back to the Vikings. It, you have the, the Bills fo- losing to the Vikings. You have the Vikings losing to the Giants. You have the Giants losing to the Eagles. The Vikings are the Jets. That, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Like that Vikings-Bills game? We, I was here. You were here. We thought with, it was with Orin. We thought it was over. Yeah. Because the Bills tweeted that it was over. Oh, hello, Luna. Oh, oh Luna, Luna agree. It's a good puppy. But Luna, so, Luna's like, I heard the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> like, my main point is that we knew the Bills weren't going to go as far as we thought, which is obviously is ironic because I picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. And as a matter of fact, no, not win the Super Bowl. They, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Right. It didn't end up happening. Josh Allen not throwing a single touchdown pass in this entire game boggled me. Um, the Cincinnati defense. He did run for one. For what it's he worth. did, but he didn't throw for one. Right. Which, I mean, dude's got a cannon of an arm, right, Luna? Can make some throws too. He did. You you hit it spotly on the head. Like, you you said, because snow requires you to be methodical, Josh Allen has trouble with that. Joe Burrow is the definition of methodical. You yep. said that tonight. You said that Verbatim. on Sunday at 12, 14 p.m. <laughs> yep. Um, last Sunday, that was. And, yeah, I mean, listen – the Bills, I thought, were going to be the team of destiny. With the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, I thought that spirituality would carry them very far in the season. Also, and just that crowd. Just like Bills Mafia in general. I, mm-hmm. I Also, because I'm going to the Super Bowl, I wanted to see Bills Mafia in person. You're, you're going to the – you're going to be in the game, like actually like at the stadium? I'm going to put on pads. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, not. He's the, he's, the, he's the gunner on punt, on, on punt coverage. <laughs> on punt coverage. I, no, no I'm, the, I'm the guy who was going to go run out and get the, the tee. You know when they do the kickoffs, they have like a kid, like oh, they have, they have like they have a child or a dog, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna be that child. I think Luda could do that. She'd be really good. Luda could be great at that. Uh, she'd probably get distracted by some la- leaves or grass or something. Leaves or another be... dog. Yeah. Or oh my god. Well, if there's another dog, don't even get me started. <laughs> they have to put a squirrel on the field. Squirrel. Whole different, whole different ball game. Every time I but hear yes, squirrel, it's, just, it's dog... just Boston Scott. He's just small. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, I'm wondering why. I think he's so good against the Giants because his name is Boston, and Boston Red Sox hate the New York Yankees, and that's why I'm like, where are you going with this? I don't know. Maybe the you were really close. Maybe the Bears should get a guy named I don't know. Okay, should I want I want I want to get Johnson? I want I want to get Noah's take. Forget that. Not, I want I want I want Noah's take because I I don't have a long time and I do. Noah Gross's take. Yeah. Remember, there's two Noahs on here. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I figured you'd assume I meant the, the last one who hasn't said yes, anything. Yes, because yet. Noah Gross hasn't uh, said his piece yet. But I, I, I want to hear what Noah Gross has to say about this game, too. So, and Elijah does, too. So go for it, Noah Gross. The floor's yours, dude. No, I was just passionately agreeing and enjoying what Orrin was saying. The Bills absolutely were frauds. And Elijah can attest to this. I What I said was, when it comes to the playoffs, you need to be able to do two things. 
run the football, and play defense. For whatever reason, Buffalo has refused to put a genuine effort into getting a running back. Yes, they drafted James Cook, and they traded for Naeem Hines. That's not a genuine effort. When, let's be honest, they pro- like, us, like should they have given up what it would have taken to get Christian McCaffrey? Probably not. But are they sitting here if they do? Maybe. And a good thing we're talking, big thing we're talking about is how the Bengals do so well and so efficient and they matriculate downfield. One of the reasons for that, I remember the exact stat, but they have one of the lowest second down yards to goes in the NFL on average. They stay ahead of the chain. No, real quick, can you repeat so that? Because that's super important. The, the yards to go thing. Say that one more time. So I don't remember the exact stat, but they were like bottom five in their average second down to go play on offense. Yep. They did a great job staying ahead of the chains, which means why is what when you look at their third down conversion percentage, their red zone conversion percentage, the lack of turnovers, when you look at why are those things? Well, because a lot of those third downs are third and shorts. A lot of times they aren't getting the third down because they're getting makeable second downs where those big plays downfield are available. On top of that, Josh Allen led the league was I believe he led the league in turnovers this year. You knew he was going to make mistakes. You knew there were going to be problems. And quite frankly, it it just sort of again showed that if you know what your problem is and you sort of do a decent job to address it, then you did not address it. The Eagles knew they needed a genuine number one receiver. They tried to be cute and get by with having someone who was just fast to stretch the field vertically. They ponied up, paid the big money, got AJ, and look where they are now. I think Buffalo is going to wake up really regretting not going after a, a, a Saquon or a McCaffrey and just sort of saying, no, let's try. Well, the rookie and the seven, and the guy we swapped running backs for is going to carry us in the playoffs because there was probably, they should have probably realized there's going to come a game where we can't rely on Josh to throw for 350, 400 yards, four touchdowns, and not turn it over. What are we going to do then? Right. At a certain point, you can't ask your quarterback to do everything. And that's something not in the playoffs, not in this I, league. That's you something can't. I preach about Josh Allen on this show a lot. Um, and, and in addition to that, Zach Moss is a playoff running back. Like he's the kind of guy, you know, he's like a big guy. You know, he's not, he's not, you know, he's not a burner, but he's I one of those guys that like, you can single... trust in those third and short situations. And, and, I don't and think that's we saw why a single third and fourth and short handoff to him. And that's maybe why trading him for like a Naheem. More of a speed isn't, back, right? Isn't necessarily the best move because I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, Naheem Hines and his two returns against the Patriots was an amazing moment, but in the playoffs, like especially like in Buffalo in the snow, you're gonna want a grinder who could, you know, get you those, you know, those those, those dense yards uh and you know get you to those second and short, third and short situations. Because really, people forget a lot of football is just about getting to second and short. And, you know, seeing what you could do from there. Also, you know, just to kind of, you know, put a bow on this is like the, well, first of all, it would be interesting if the Bears had traded Montgomery to the Bills. I still think that would have been Montgomery, nice James, Rob- James Robinson, who ended up getting healthy scratched for the Jets for whatever reason. He could have been decent for that. Like there were, there were guys to be had. And also, I mean, you know, obviously the Niners beat him to McCaffrey. Can you imagine Josh Allen and McCaffrey running an option? Poof. Well, man, Bill's mafia. Imagine guys. covering McCaffrey. Imagine covering McCaffrey and Diggs. Good luck. Oh my god! Oh god! Well, speaking of imagine covering certain speaking guys. Speaking of covering. Speaking of speaking of covering, uh, you know, not McCaffrey and Diggs necessarily, but how about McCaffrey and another Swiss Army knife and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who's probably a number one receiver on most. And teams. George Kittle. And George Kittle, especially when there is a uh, 
uh, an offensive line that's anchored by Hall of Famer Trent Williams. But uh, the Niners advanced, and they won because of Brock Purdy. 19 to 12. And because of, they, they won because of none in spite of him. Yeah, they won because of Brock Purdy. Do you know what Brock Purdy? You know what your co-worker, uh, Greg Olson, said before the game? What did he say? He said the Niners are winning because of Brock Purdy. So, they're winning, they're, he said they're winning because of him, not in spite of him. And yeah. Elijah and I probably repeated the phrase, the Niners are winning because of Brock Purdy, at least eight to ten times this week. So we just random text, just a random 4 a.m. text. Yeah, oh, yeah. Niners are winning because yeah, I know. Good night. You, you know uh, yeah. what Brock Purdy's nickname is around the parts of Santa Clara and San Francisco and Oakland? Is it Mr. similar Lucky? to uh, Nick Foles' nickname? Yes, it's exactly. Yep, I yeah. knew it. It is it's big dick Nick and big cock Brock. Sorry, mom. I don't think she's watching. I was that. I was running through my rolodex of going look. What what's the connection? Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, but listen, Brock Purdy is one game away from completing just. An unfathomable season for a Mr. Irrelevant 262nd overall pick in an NFL draft where he would potentially go home to his home state of Arizona, play in Super Bowl 57 at State Farm Stadium, where he'd been named Cardinals Player of the Week for high schools a bunch of different times. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. You love like, those home stories. I, I do. Well, I mean, having gone to college in Arizona, especially and yeah, Brock yeah. Purdy on my TV screen. Like there you go. It's it's surreal. Oh no, it's, it's it, awesome. It, it would be surreal. So like I talked about how I thought the Bills were the team of destiny. It's the San Francisco 49ers right now. They are on a 12 game winning streak dating back to the regular season. And if this is the last time that we talk about the 49ers, just think about what their season has become. They had Trey Lance as their starting quarterback. He gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, gets hurt. Brock Purdy comes in. And well, probably played a few games and won a, a, a bunch, but yes. Yes. Sorry. That's no, no, no. I was, doing this, I was doing the Spark Notes version. No, no, I know, I know, but I, was, I think I thought it was an important addition, but continue. No, what I was saying was if we all remember, the, the uh, San Francisco 49ers played the Chicago Bears in week one and lost. <laughs> They've lost three times since then, right? I believe so. They I came think- in 13 and four. Yeah, I think three three total losses. Three total losses in. I think one of them was to the Chiefs. One of them, I think, was to the Cardinals, and one of them, I can't remember the other one. Just yes, but just think about what the 49ers have become. Oh yeah, no, like they are the most blossoming flower that we have right now. And I mean, the reason is is pretty simple. It's like in all serious, it's not actually because of Brock Purdy. I want to be clear. They they are. I mean, like I said. That offense is unbelievably talented. Insane. Insanely talented. Two Swiss Army knives. Knives. And they're both very, very good. They're both great, like elite players. And obviously, you know, like I said, I mean, Debo CMC, Trent Williams anchoring that line, and Kittle. And uh, even though, like, Elijah Mitchell and Ayuk, like, these are two really Mike really Lynch, cool. one of the more underrated tackles, in my opinion, particularly in that. Notre Dame. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so two good bookend tackles. Purdy has it made. You know, Purdy has it made. So remember how we talked about the one. The one thing I do want to say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go for it, Gross. Go for it. The one thing I do think is maybe underrated in the discussion about the Niners, and I and this might be a little bit disagreeable. I think Kyle Shanahan, even as much praise as he gets, is still underrated as a coach in the NFL. I mean, to have been with I don't know how he's now, he's not taking how many different quarterbacks to how many conference championships in how many years. It's just crazy. He keeps pumping out this talent. And, and granted, he has great weapons. He has maybe the best spoil of weapons in the NFL. That sure. being said, 
That being said, the way that guys are always in the right spot, guys know where to be. It's one thing to have the weapons. It's another thing to have the knowledge to execute them. It's a whole other thing entirely to do both. It's hard to be a coach who can do the X's and O's and implement them and have your guys know how to do them. That's what, that's what really impresses me about it. Guys never really seem out of place. There's not a ton of blown blocks in this game. Yeah, if the, if the guy gets pushed back two yards and you blow, and you get lost, okay, go to overpower in the play. That is a code you can live with. But there's not a ton of penalties with this team. There's not a lot of blown assignments with this team. There's not a time where a party drops back and throws it and the ball lands with no one within 10, within 10 yards and go, where's it going with that ball? There's just not a lot of those moments, which to me is an underrated indicator of a very good coach. Yes, no, I mean, he's like one of the best coaches in the league, even, you know, people like to shit on him for the way uh, the, the Super Bowl went uh, when he was with Atlanta, uh, even with Kansas City, uh, which, you know, like obviously a bit of a choke, but it's like, you got to get to the Super Bowl. Got to right? get there first. And I mean, he, he's gotten there with like very middling talent from quarterbacks in a quarterback driven league. And let's right. not forget like those. I, I'm pretty sure when they made the Super Bowl in 2019, that was like a rookie Debo Samuel. That was, was old uh, Emmanuel Sanders. That was, um, you know, it wasn't like nearly they weren't nearly as weaponized as they are now. Obviously, Kittle was still very, very good. I wonder how many coaches in this league would have said, I wonder how many coaches in this league would have said, let's put Debo in the backfield. Just, just just see what happens. Just during practice, just during summer camp, let's just get just during just during just during training camp. Let's just see what happens. Debo in the backfield. How many coaches would have thought about that? He's got like receivers and like McCaffrey and stuff like. At offensive line, like, and they're in the right position to get. Hey, I'm going to have Trent Williams shift and pull on a fourth down and pitch it out on a pitch. Now, now here's the thing. I don't like when he does that. I don't love it, but it just goes to show what's there in his head. Who's thinking of these things? I, look, I I am actually very passionate about this because. I know. I said it because I know it bothers you. And I was like, oh, he's going to. This is a good play. Look, I don't mind it on second down. I don't even mind it on third down. But when you have a fourth down in inches. There's no reason to send your all pro left tackle in motion. There is no reason to do that. All that does is cause problems. You should be able to get it on a simple quarterback dive, especially with George Kittle and, of course, the greatest fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, pushing him from behind. Mm-hmm. Like, my uh, second I, I, favorite. That's, that's the thing. That's why I think, and we'll talk about the game, but like one of the downfalls of the 49ers, apart from their quarterback situation, could very well be the fact that Kyle Shanahan, while he's an absolute genius, sometimes outsmarts himself trying to be the smartest guy in the well, world. I think we also have one other weakness that's being underrated, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. Right, right. We'll, we'll get there. But um, I want to talk about the Cowboys real quick because, I mean, uh, it's the Cowboys. Well, yeah, you got to talk about the Cowboys. That final play, by the way, we talked about how the Vikings had that um, that corner poster. What the hell is even that? Say that again? Sorry, I, when, 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 when things play, the audio cuts out. So say what you were saying again. Because I was... You said you mentioned the last play, and I was doing anyway. What were you saying? I'm sorry. That's fun. Yeah, no, it, it's very what fun. What a yeah. fun thing. It, it is a really fun thing. But what I was going to say was we talked about the buffoonery that Kevin O'Connell ran on fourth and eight to try and get a first down in a crucial situation. The Dallas Cowboys decided to do something that I've never seen before, which was play no offensive lineman on the final play of the game, have Ezekiel Elliott take the snap, get absolutely run over, and then have. Dak Prescott throw a ball that was caught by Cavante Turpin, who, by the way, USL FL MVP. Oh, that's um, right. And yep. he was just, yeah. Shout out Fox. Just smashed <laughs> on that last play. Shout out Fox sports. Um, what's it called? So Cavante Turpin uh, makes a catch. Jim, uh, J- uh, Jimmy Ward makes a tackle, which very short. And then the 49ers win. Like 
we like one of the things that led up to it, and this is a heated debate in our tape room when it happened, was the decision by Mike McCarthy to punt rather than go for it on fourth down deep in his own yep, territory. Exactly. That's that's really see to me the Zeke play that was like a fluky, weird. I mean, hilarious. Don't hilarious. get me wrong. So funny to watch as someone who doesn't like the Cowboys. Like really incredible. Funny uh, that being said, it, like really the dumb thing was that punt. You're, you're absolutely right. They were punting like as the clock was winding to the two minute warning. And I understand the logic of we need a stop and I don't like our chances of getting 10 yards. However, I mean, you can't just give them the ball in that situation. Like there's like you're down by one score. You, 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 you just, that that's, that's a little baffling to me. That's a little baffling to me. And I, I, I don't dislike McCarthy. I think McCarthy's See, a good coach. And I disagree with your assessment because if you do punt and there's still time, Dallas had all three of their timeouts. Right. Elijah Mitchell makes a dumb play, which obviously what it could, you couldn't have predicted it, but he broke out and ran for, I believe it was 13 yards, but ran out of bounds. Yeah, he was very cornered. Yeah. It was like it was hard for him not to be out of bounds. I understand that. that. I don't think it was a dumb play by it, Elijah. But literally, you you saved Dallas with another timeout. Yeah, but that's not and, his fault. But, but yes. Again. They were able to get the ball back and be in the buffoonery situation. Is what I'm saying. That's oh, that's the fair. Only like, that's fair. Think about it. On a fourth and ten, very. I think they were at their own 18. I actually in your own that's territory. Fair. They did like, get the ball, so you're like, right. That is. Fair. I just don't understand the other side of it. I don't understand the logic being fourth and ten. Even if you are the smartest analytics person, and all NFL teams supply analytics people, how could you possibly think on a fourth and ten that you're going to make it? Like the game would have been over. It was two minutes and eleven seconds left. Right, but, the game would have been over. They would have had to burn their timeouts anyway, because the 49ers would have gotten the ball back. But they could have, they could have kicked right? a field goal yeah, exactly, or they would have driven down and scored a touchdown. By the way, I just want to on, on the ground. Well, I'll, I'll get to something about remind me to tell you about Robbie Gold in a minute. But um, but yeah, no, I I, I do understand why, what you're saying because you're basically giving them a field goal if you don't get it. Correct. And they did the, in the fact game would have been over quick. They did they did get the ball back. So you know what? That's fair. I I'm not going to be too hard on McCarthy for making that decision be, because. They ended up getting the ball back anyway. They just didn't couldn't do anything with it. I still I, I understand either way. You know, I, like had he gone for it, I do understand that because a fourth and ten is gettable. You know, Dalton Schultz gets some space in the middle. Um, like I, I also that play was dumb too, where he literally caught the ball and then gave himself up out of bounds. Dalton and, Schultz, yeah, Dalton Schultz. I don't remember on, it. On a, on a, Greg Olson talked about it completely. It, it ran the clock down because he gave himself up when he oh, went right, out of bounds right. as opposed to the clock. Oh, stopping. right. He needs to go forward. He needs to go forward. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he literally just veered out of bounds. I think both of these situations were – oh, wait. That one, I guess he did kind of go a little bit more backwards, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like – the Elijah Mitchell yeah. one was like – it would have been a smart play had he jumped out of bounds backwards. But instead, he was just kind of like funneled out of bounds. And I don't think it was like dumb. It was just like there was nowhere for him to go. It's, but in that situation – He's first, a running back too. It's not like he's going to like slide down like a quarterback. Right, especially because yeah. like I think he – like like he was – there was very little room between – him and the, the players in the sideline. Right. Either way, um, you know, it worked of, out. Worked out for Elijah. There was a lot of buffoonery. There was a lot. There was a lot of. It was <laughs> a very. It was game. a very silly game. Also, Brett Maher missing the first extra point. He got it blocked. He got it blocked. But he would have missed it would, anyway. Probably would have missed it anyway. And he, so a block is a well, block is a miss. And, a block is a miss. And, and can I let me tell you guys a quick story? Five straight missed extra points. No, that that's crazy. First of all. Secondly, so we get our feeds because the game was on our air. We get the feeds about two hour, three hours before kickoff. And our executive producer comes running into our tape room. He's like, there's a guy and he's mimicking what he's going to do when he kicks a field goal. We think that's Maher. Can somebody confirm? Of course I confirmed it. Because right. I'm, I'm that awesome. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that guy. And it just goes to show that 
this dude can get redemption because even though he did miss that first extra point, he was able to knock in some field goals too. So, yeah. and, and it shows yeah. he's better at kicking field goals than he is at kicking extra points. And Tyra Santos for the bears had a very similar season. He missed a bunch of extra points, but he had a really good, um, but he, but he made almost all his field goals. And he'd only missed three extra points the entire year leading up to the, oh, to yeah. the uh, Tampa Bay. Game. I was, I was glad to see that the Cowboys didn't lose because of him specifically. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, he didn't help by missing the extra point. But, like, you know. It like, wouldn't have made a difference. It wouldn't point. have made a difference. Exactly. And, and you know, he did redeem himself a little bit by making those field goals. Um, also, really, the reason I thought the Cowboys lost, besides, obviously, Brock Purdy is, um, that's jokes, is Dak. I thought he was so bad. He was so bad, dude. He Like, his interceptions. Statistically, his, he was bad. Well, 23 of 37, 206. A touchdown and two picks. He tried to throw more picks. It looked like there were more picks that there were more to be had out there. It and, and it, it I mean, starting... his two interceptions were bad interceptions. Like they weren't, they weren't good plays. Don't get me wrong. Niners defense. We haven't even talked about them because we've been so caught up on their offense. They're awesome. I mean, Nick Bosa had a you know really good game. He was like, I, I, he was definitely made his presence felt. I'm not sure if he had any sacks, but he made his presence felt. Fred Warner had that amazing playing coverage up the seam. I think it was on Ceedee Lamb, which is just. Like, that's Erlacher shit right there. But, like, I mean, Dak still, he had to play better than what he did. He just, he he choked. He straight up choked. He played like Tannehill did in the divisional playoff last year. Last year. It's getting Tom, a lot harder to defend him. It's gone from, like, I think people underrating Dak to now properly rating him to then having uh, maybe expectations that he can't quite meet. As for what he is as a quarterback, there was a time when some of the players were we were talking about him as a top five quarterback. There was that time. I don't think it's that. I think he's now. I do think that there is some talks getting a little bit crazy. We're talking, no, we'd rather have him or Mike White. No, no, you want you want Dak over Mike White. You want right. Dak over Ryan Tannehill. Everyone like that. That's a little much. But I think maybe we had an expectation of Dak that maybe he's just not going to quite reach. Yeah. No. I, he's I, overrated. Yeah, you, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm mostly with you on that. I think it's like, I feel Elliot's overrated. Great person. I didn't no, think he, like I just really think he's good. reached the ceiling of what he is, which is a top twelve to when he's playing very well, eight quarterback who's gonna make mistakes and is athletic. I also think that maybe the injury had more of an impact on him than we thought because he's still not quite the runner he was. He's gone from being like a genuine athlete and a genuine running threat to more functionally mobile. I also think Cooper Rush being competent had more of an impact on him than we thought it was in in some ways. Um, meaning that maybe you know, like you know, having like a pretty decent backup. Oftentimes, the backup quarterback is the most popular guy on the team. I would like to see Dak Prescott on another team because I want to root for him because he seems like a pretty good guy. And Absolutely. I don't. No, I would no, not. His take. Noah Gross's take is like he was pissed off when Dak went to the Cowboys because then he has to doesn't like to hate Dak because Dak's a pretty cool you know pretty good player. I'd love to see Dak on a different team and not because I think that he's bad for the Cowboys because obviously like he's taken them to the playoffs for years, but you know, it, 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 I think a change of scenery early might be the way to go. And I, I, I would like to see the Cowboys explore. I think, I think he will. I think we will see him in another Jersey and I think they're going to have the same issues because I don't think it'll happen anytime soon, though. I, I think, think, I think, I think I, Dak is over. over yeah, over. It, it, there's just too much history with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak oh, Prescott. It's it's like yeah. that line from Brokeback Mountain where I believe Heath Ledger says, I just can't quit you. There are like three, the, the, there are like three Dallas players, four, four Dallas players 
that I would say I'm like superbly confident in that CD Lamb. I think that kid is beyond special. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he's great. The uh, yeah. the their two DNs and Lawrence and um Micah Parsons. And they're mm-hmm. I think they're up and coming starter Pollard. That's it. I, Pollard I, 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 think, I think a good way to put it is it's really this simple as far as like will they trade Dak? Mike McCarthy is still the coach. Think about how bad he's been, how many mistakes he's made to keep his job as coach. Think about how loyal and or uh, personally invested and therefore allowed him to have his judgment be clouded, Jerry Jones will be when it comes to Dak. Dak I don't think Dak could throw four interceptions with no touchdowns to cost them the, the to cost them the division against the Eagles at home, and they wouldn't trade him. Like, like Jerry is one of the most change averse owners in the nfl is that is that fair and accurate when it comes yeah. to how the league goes and how things happen who's the one voice always pushing back on it is jerry he's one of the most change averse owners in the entire league my i i, I don't agree with i don't think I'm, mccarthy's nearly as bad as so that's what happens noah gross when you have jerry jones as owner jerry jones as executive vice president jerry jones as general manager jerry jones as Popcorn boy? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's, like, that's, a, that's yeah, a common you denominator. All the hats and no one can check you. You Correct. do whatever you want. That's Great. a common denominator, Cherry Jones. Yeah, I, right, I want to say my my my. I, I moved recently. Um, doesn't matter where, but across from me, <laughs> four feet away, in another uh unit, is a Dallas Cowboys fan. Actually, I didn't know I until this, until last week. Um, she wore a Prescott jersey, and I do have a sign that I did not put up in time, but that says Eagles country. Um, I want, I want between her, between a, a coworker that I work with, who's a, a diehard Cowboys fan. And obviously some that I know naturally, you hear the same thing every time you hear, Oh, we're the bat. You know, we're, we're a good team. This is our we year. Boys. Blah, blah, blah. We the boys, blah, blah, blah. The, the crap talking. They, he throws five touchdowns, have a great game. That didn't fade. I knew this was going to happen. This is Dallas every single year. And it's it's not going to change under their current system. No. So I I agree to that. I also think that like it, it's hard to coach the Dallas Cowboys because of the whole Jerry Jones thing. And I think Mike McCarthy doesn't get enough credit. Like I think that people are way too hard on him. I agree. If with you that. if you look at Mike McCarthy's coaching record compared to Sean Payton's coaching record, they are very very similar. They've had very similar playoff experiences, very similar playoff losses. The difference is Mike McCarthy is fat and Sean Payton is pretty. And therefore people like Sean Payton more. I, I really so, I really think that's the truth. So but here, here's what here's No, here's, but they're the same. They've also wait, what, here, where's the what's the difference? No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not trying to make right, that point. Right. The point I am trying to make, and I'm trying to play caveat, is Dallas is building something. And I'm only saying that because of the coaching staff. Mike McCarthy chose to keep Khaled Moore as offensive coordinator. He chose to entrust him. Give up his own play calling. Kellen Moore Kellen had Moore. good times last Kellen year. Kellen Moore was fine. He's, there's a, year, re- there's good... a reason why he's getting coaching opportunities to interview. Yeah. Dan Quinn, he hires him from the Atlanta Falcons after all the stuff that went wrong in Atlanta over the years after the Super Bowl. Right? And I think Dan, Dan Quinn called a good game. Dan Quinn called a great game. I mean, they gave up 19 points. And, and they some st- on turnovers, you know? Right, exactly. And my main point is the future in Dallas seems to be good. Because Dan Quinn's not going anywhere. He decided that he's going to stay in Dallas for 2023. Kellen Moore, to this point, there's still four more coaching uh, opportunities that he could possibly get. I don't know if he's going to get the call on any of them. Probably not. But And then we could talk about the fifth one being uh, filled in, in just a little bit. But my main point is, th- if there's synergy, 
and you have something that you can figure out, like especially like what Orn said, Tony Pollard, very much up and coming running back. It'll 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 be interesting to see how his and Zeke Elliott's dynamic work because Zeke signed a long term extension. Well, we'll see if the Cowboys pay uh, Pollard. I, I I'm sure he'll hit the open market. You know, yeah, like he's earned he's earned a decent payday. I, I'd He'd say. be like a really good running back somewhere in like the north. Oh, I think in the set. Like I think he's part of what makes him good is playing in a dome. I think like Atlanta would make a lot of sense. Also, he went to Memphis, which is RBU. That's true. Dallas suck. <laughs> I like how they just suck. They don't suck. Also, here's the yeah, other right. thing I'm going to say. I'm actually on the other side of the coin, McCarthy. I would view, and a little bit disconnected, but somewhat similar, I would personally argue that both Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers' careers can be viewed as disappointments for only having the one Super Bowl, particularly because just I, I don't I don't mean this offensively to Elijah in any way. They played in probably the consistently the worst division where they were consistently in the playoffs more or less every single year. They should have gotten more done. They just should have. Yeah, no, I look, and there yeah, are just no, so I, many well, McCarthy okay. blunders all, we can point to. Let me let me add a little nuance to that because um You're getting a really that's big my division. Now. Well, no, I know, but look, <laughs> like, we, we got time. Remember, the last show, yeah. But look, first of all. Um, the bears, like we were good early on in the McCarthy Rogers thing. Like we were a good team, good defense, just, you know, quarterback problems here and there, but Cutler was decent for a little bit. Um, up until about 2013, the bears were pretty good. But then after that, yes, like it was kind of a weaker division. The lions the had some pretty Minnesota good were never special either. I would, so he was there for like 14, whatever seasons. I would be very curious to see. Well, Minnesota had some good years and so did Detroit. Well, I would, I would be very curious to see, I guess my overall point. For how often they made the play, for how often they made the playoffs, and just again, not seriously, how easy their path to playoff was in in multiple years versus other teams. I just feel like they should have gotten more done, or at the very least, made one more Super Bowl. Not even winning one, just make one more. There were just so many, and they just so many NFC championships almost theirs. But I digress, you know, because at, at the end of the day, there that's not who's playing next week. There's a reason they're going home. I don't think it's because San Francisco was phenomenally better. I don't think it's because Dallas is terrible. I just didn't think that I, – I think Dak was not great. I think McCarthy is someone who – this again, we talk about floors and ceilings when it comes to players. This might be a ceiling as a coach. It might be he got the one with Green Bay when he happened to be having a generational quarterback. And without one, maybe he can't get back to one. Well, you we can say the thing about Sean Payton, by the way. You know, sure. He had, he had – you know, like they both have had – like, like if you look at McCarthy and Sean Payton's playoff losses, like for their respective fan you bases, make the same argument totally. It's, it's depressing after depressing after depressing after depressing. Uh, I guess the only there was one not depressing playoff loss that Sean Payton has had in his career, and it was the mo- one of the most egregious calls that. Oh, was the Rams. Rams. Yeah, it was depressing in the sense that it should have gone their way. No, well, yeah, that's my point. That's oh, my point. That's I thought point you were saying that his fault. Oh right. no, no, no they, that's the thing. They always they always lose by like one score. The pack like the Packers like they've been they've had their fair share of like I think only a couple of games where they've really been blown out by the 49ers specifically. <laughs> well, no, the Niners the Niners ran all over them. Right, that was the one. The one time they the twenty nineteen twice twenty twenty twelve and twenty twelve and twenty nineteen yep. the Niners ran all over them. But yep. they also won two by last last second field goals. Um, in addition to that, I I just think. I, like there's, you know, like I, I have to go back and watch some of the Saints playoff losses, but like it's just been 
yeah, like a lot of games where they've been in them, you know, like been very close and they just, you know, can't get the job done for whatever reason. And usually for both the Saints, I believe, I'll have to double check, but for the Saints and for the Packers, it's not the quarterback's fault and it's not the coach's fault. Usually it's like a special team of fucks up, which I guess you could kind of blame on the coach. Or it's like the, the defense, you know, just can't make the stop, which I guess also maybe you could put a little blame on the coach. But do you, is it possible to start transition to the – Yes, yes, yes. Well, just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, only, it's only because I have to go soon, so I can either, like just give my input. Or... Oh no, no, of course, of course. We 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 gotten a bit of a McCarthy rabbit hole. Yeah, McCarthyism. We have. Let's let, let's move on. Oh, let's preview, preview the games for tomorrow. What is the... what, what just happened? Okay, I don't know what just happened. Um, so we have the NFC Championship game is up first. So it's the Eagles on the hot seat. They uh, are going to take on the 49ers. It's a twelve o'clock Pacific kickoff in San Francisco in the Bay Area in Santa Clara. It's a three o'clock Eastern kickoff where Noah Gross currently is. And um, before we get into that, I, I sorry, Lauren, I just have to tell this quick story. I do. So um, I, I'm supposed to be in Philadelphia right now Ooh. for the NFC Championship game. And of course I'm not. I'm with my buddy Elijah in California. And, and, and the reason why is because in my department, there are two Noahs. And not only that, there are two Noah Fs. And what happened with the travel arrangements was they booked the other Noah F on a flight to by Philadelphia by mistake. No. But nobody no way. Nobody in my company's admitting it. So that's fun. That's unfortunate. So Wait, at least let, let me just ask, did at least the other Noah F go? He is, oh, yeah, he's, he's okay, currently okay. in Philadelphia right now. He's like sending you Snapchats like, uh. Well, it'd be, it'd be kind of I, funny I if he was like a different he, department he, or something. I'm not, not going to share right, it on, right, on right. here, but I'll show you. I'll, I'll show you after. He, he's he, gloating? That's he he, he gloated. Not at me specifically, right, but right. like, and, and two other production assistants in my department. Well, well Noah F., the, the, the one who made it. It's not, though. Have a, it's, have a good day tomorrow. It's at kickoff tomorrow. Jesus. Yeah, it's really not. Confirmed, right? Oh, there you go. Noah Gross confirmed, yeah. right? Yeah, no, it's gonna be yeah. per- perfectly fine. Unseasonably warm in Philadelphia right now. So. No, yeah, uh, on in the north in general, we I, I'm in Long Island. We have not gotten snow yet all season. Like it's been crazy warm. That's awesome. Uh, on for that. that. All right, um, let's talk football. Yeah, tomorrow. Talk football. Sorry, I really no, 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 I, I had to get in. No, that story. no, I, I'm sorry. And I feel for you, man. That's, that's that sucks. Um, but I'm I'm humble. I'm happy that I still have a job and that I get to do it remotely. And you get to go hang out at the Super Bowl, so that's kind of cool. That's true. I will I will be doing that. But anyway. So 49ers, 12-game winning streak, as said, taking on the number one team in the league. Um, we can just go right into picks, I think. Because, yeah, yeah. And we can say we, We've why. talked about let's, all these teams. Let's start yeah. with Oren Grenberg because I, I, he's anxious to get his input in on who he thinks is going to win and why. We know who he's going to pick, but tell us why you think that your, your boys are going to stomp. Wait, why are you assuming? Why is my... You're an Eagles fan. Don't do this. That's not how that works. Okay, first things first, Okay. I think the score will be 24-21. That's the final score. Okay. Um, let me tell you how I get there and who who who's at 24. Okay, this team has a lot of talent. This team has a lot of young talent too. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? I'll add young talent. This, this, team, this team has a good, strong fan base, and they're playing at home. This team uh-huh. – is 13 and one under the starting quarterback. <laughs> this team has done everything right this season. Although every single time their game comes on the TV, everyone's pointing the other way. Eagles are going to win this yeah. game. 
It's not. It's, it, I, I'm going 24-21, but my heart, my heart said it's not going to be close. Eagles are going to show finally that this is not just a Chiefs time. This is not just the Bengals and Bills and all those. Eagles are a part of this. We've been competitive the last couple years, and we're here to stay. Feel it. Fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Also, quickly, since it's a video stream now, I'm going to show everyone what I'm wearing tomorrow. Let's see it. Oh, oh wait. Shit. No, hold on. It won't show. It, hold on, hold it, on. it yeah, showed yeah, hold before on. we started the stream. Yeah, it's because I have the stupid background. Okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, that, that is maybe. something. No, don't, no, that 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 that's a shirt for you, man. That is that is a hell of a shirt. <laughs> NFC East champions, baby. Let's go. You should wear that at the Meadowlands. But also, like for what it's worth, I do like the 49ers. Like, there's a lot of things I like about the 49ers, and I mutual respect. I, I like it. I, I do, I do. I'm really happy for Brock. I'm really happy for Pretty. I love George Kittle. I've always loved George Kittle, and I'm a huge uh, McCaffrey fan. He's been like my number one pick in like fantasy the last three years. Not intentionally, even I think I auto drafted the last two years and I still got him. Um, but no, I love I love some of their key players and I wish them well, but not this week. Not this week. Okay, no, gross. You're up, bud. Look, San Francisco is a phenomenal football team with a phenomenal defense and phenomenal weaponry and a quarterback who is is playing well and he's and he's doing great. He's doing well. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are a better football team. Then they tears with the 49ers. It's not saying San Fran's not good. I just think Philly is better. I don't know how much better they are. I think it's going to be a game where San Fran's going to have their chunk plays. They're going to have their bombs. I think it's going to come down to red zone percentage, third down percentage, and turnovers, the way most games do. Right. I think that generally speaking, the Niners will capitalize on their opportunities more than Philly will. But I think Philly will have more opportunities. I see a final score of like 23-21 with lots of early field goals and then a couple touchdowns late to pull away with the Eagles taking it. It would not surprise me at all to see a slugfest that ends like 13-9 or like 17-14. Really would not surprise me in the slightest. Um, I think there's two keys that people aren't talking about as maybe as much as they should. Uh, the Eagles' offensive line, or the, excuse me, the Niners' offensive line versus the Eagles' defensive line. We talk about their two tackles, who are elite. The interior isn't as elite; they're more kind of average to decent. Um, and I think that a lot of problems can be caused by the Eagles inter- on the interior with Hargrave, with Cox, with Jordan Davis, Linval Joseph, Donkey Kong Sue. You can just go down the list of problems that can cause from the middle and in that outs in that zone blocking scheme you kind of need to shut down that inside so you can get that c on the outside or you kind of mess everything up another really big factor cj gardner johnson being back for philly is massive because they can play him where they need him to if on any given play the priority on that play coverage wise dictates it's mccaffrey dictates it's kiddo dictates it's debo he can take any of them and so that's going to be really big. So the Eagles on any given play, on any given down, can decide who they are and are not okay having the one-on-ones against. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Jalen's going to play really good football. I just think the Eagles are a very, very good team. If Garoppolo is playing or if Lance is playing, I might feel differently. But when it comes down to it, games like these come down to a few big plays. And when it comes down to it, I just don't trust Purdy to make them. Can I just say, by the way, 
your both of your picks, you obviously both picked the Eagles, but you guys would be driving Vegas wild because right now the line's at two and a half. Two and a yeah. half, I figured. Yeah. Because we're always because we're two always in favor of we are always we're always we're always two games are combined minus three point five by the way, which is unbelievable. Um, but and uh, that no, has nothing to do with no gross, every everybody hates us. That's okay. No they hate us. They hate us because they ain't us. Noah Gross, yes. we get a final score prediction? Is it 23-21? Yeah. I would say 23-21 or because just, uh, again, the Eagles like have to get a lot of field goals early, whereas the Niners capitalize on their opportunities to score 21. I also could see like a 17-16. Actually, no, no. I am going to say 17-16 final. I think oh. it'll be more of a defensive game, but that similar style of they capitalize on more opportunities, but the Eagles have more of them. Four I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna go next because I have a similar score prediction, and I'll be pretty quick. Basically, everything Orin and Noah said, like re- really good analysis. I think the difference is I do think the Eagles will run away a little bit at the end, make it 24 to 16. I could see like a late touchdown for Philly. Um, also, I could see a scenario where both tight ends find the end zone. Um, and what I'm most excited to watch in this game is matchup between. Hopefully, we get it. Is uh, Lane Johnson versus Nick Bosa. We'll get I it. Think that, uh, yeah, uh, that should be a lot of fun. Like, that should be – like, th- this could be a clinic for offensive linemen and defensive linemen anywhere just in terms of, like, I feel the best going against the best. It's exciting. It's just really exciting to see. So, yeah, um, Eagles win tomorrow. And, I mean, I really think y'all are going to the Super Bowl. That's just my – that's what I'm That's what I'm predicting. Hey, baby girl. So, I predicted the Eagles would go to the Super Bowl. I did. At the beginning of the year? Yeah, at the beginning of the year. This is true. I said they would lose to the Bills. Yep. Well, guess who's not here? <laughs> the Bills aren't here. Um, but before I get into that, what I want to say is that there are going to be a number of teams watching this game tomorrow. Specifically, two teams from the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans have interviewed both defensive coordinators in this game for their head coaching position. Jonathan Gannon for the Eagles, D'Amico Ryan for, Ryan's for the 49ers. Mufasa. The, the, the Colts have interviewed Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen twice for their head coaching position. So what 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 will come out of this game will be very interesting to see what happens. What I've noticed from past is that when you have the number one defense and you're going up against a very prolific offense, the defense usually wins. That's just taking it all out of context. I, I, I just don't know why people are overlooking the 49ers this much. I, I know I'm talking to two Eagles fans right now and another one who picked the Eagles as well to win. My grandpa's an Eagle fan. Is he? Yes, he is. Grandpa Zalonki or? Uh, Grandpa Bob's Gelb. Side? Grandpa Gelb. Yep. Okay. So Shout out Harvey Gelb. Harvey Gelb. So what, what makes this fun is seeing the Ryan's chess match against Nick Sirianni. I want to see it happen so badly because I think that it's going to be what's most talked about. Like, Obviously, everyone's going to want to see what Kyle Shanahan can do against Jonathan Gannon. Like that'll be the chess match, sure. But what I what I'm what I really want to see is the 49ers defense against the Eagles offense. If the 49ers defense can contain Jalen Hurts the way that they the way that Jalen Hurts has been contained in losses, the 49ers are going to win this game. And you mentioned it in a little blurb. The fact that the conditions in Philadelphia are not winter like. And you have a team coming from California all the way across country. That does play into the Niners' hands. It a bit, does, but also like it's not going to hurt the Eagles. No, of course not. I mean, the Eagles will be, you know, probably relieved that it's not, you know, yeah. crazy winds and snow flurries and what may have you. I, I, I'm picking the 49ers. Whoo! Okay. I'm, I'm, good. I'm, good. I'm, good. Like 
I'm sorry. I love both Noah and Oren very much, but I, I, I just can't see the 49ers losing. And I also that coaching matchup is they just favorable. have so much momentum going into this. And like I talked about how the Bills were the team of destiny before. Now I think it's the 49ers. And and it stinks because I like both teams. I want both teams to succeed, but in football, you can't have a tie in the playoffs. Honestly, while I respect your decision, I agree. No, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I actually agree with what a lot you're saying. There, I just I just want to point like one thing out on like the defense because we are talking about defense, and I agree their defense is phenomenal. That I just want to point one thing out as I look at the statistics. Talk about number one versus number two defense. The the Niners defense gives up 300.6 yards a game. The Eagles defense gives up 301.5. So when we're talking about number one defense versus number two defense, we aren't talking an astronomical difference. The difference is the difference is in how they give it up. The Eagles give up almost 50 more rush yards per game than the Niners do, whereas the Niners will give up much more in the pass game versus than that the Eagles will. So that's what it's gonna that's gonna be the matchup is how they get their yards. In and 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 to that point, you know, like I said. San Fran is better at stopping the run. The Eagles are better at stopping the pass. San Fran wants to run it more. The Eagles want to pass it more. So that's going to be phenomenal and really fascinating to watch, particularly early. I think as the game goes on, both offensive lines will wear down both defensive lines, and you'll see those chunk plays. I'm curious to see early on who's already ripping those six, seven, eight, nine-yard runs. Miles Sanders is. Hopefully. Listen, you, you've got Boston, Boston Scott will. that the Eagles present on offense with their running backs. Like, don't get me wrong, but if there's anyone that's up for the challenge, it's D'Amico Ryan's. And I'll, like- also, I'll, also pose, I'll also pose you this question. Hypothetically, let's say the Eagles completely shut down Bosa, completely mm-hmm. shut him down in every capacity. How much, still, how good is the Niners defense versus pick someone on the Eagles defense who has 10 plus sacks? Say sure. he yeah. got no. shut down. He got had three others to deal with. It's a different. It's, it's, it's a very track. different build of defense. Yeah. No, I I, I get that, but it, again, it's not just Bosa who's on that line. It's a, no, a, a I agree. Player. It's 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 Fred Warner who could be the best defensive player on the field in this game. Like I think oh, I think he is. I don't think I don't think that's arguable. I think he's by far the best defensive player on yeah. the field. And, uh, I think and, I'd argue. I could argue. I think, he's than Bosa. I, I think he's the most underplayed in the NFL. But I digress. My my point being. Can I just say the 49ers secondary has really impressed me with the Ward bros, even though they're not brothers. But like, even though they're not brothers, which, which Ward, drives me crazy every time, yes. It's it, it, it's it's fantastic what D'Amico – I'm just – I'm giving D'Amico Ryan's all his flowers. Just he should, he should have been a head coach by now. It's great to see. Anyone who isn't Eagles fans know he spent the, the latter half of his career there. He was yep. beloved in Philadelphia. They called him Mufasa. Anyone in, and anyone who was around the Eagles organization or was even like a fan at that point knows how knew saw this coming. I remember he he interviewed in Philadelphia for the defensive quarter position a couple of years ago before he ended up going uh uh, uh not with Steichen uh, with Gannon. And I mm-hmm. remember in my my dream scenario, I said I wanted him as D coordinator and Deuce Staley as offensive coordinator. Obviously, that happened. <laughs> Deuce is now in Detroit, and he had a phenomenal year with Jamal Williams for him. But I digress. D'Amico is phenomenal. The, both these. Cr- all the staffs are great. Everyone's great. Like this is what's like this matchup is just great versus great versus great versus yep. great. There it's really the are no holes on either problem. of these teams. I mean, also, it, I it is say, it is the championships, you know. I, I, right. I, I, no, I, 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 no, I get yeah, what you're saying. I think the NFL got it right this year with the four the four remaining teams. I think are the four best teams in football. I agree, thousand percent. I know they played it, but like still, sometimes fluky the things NFL happen. is getting viewership ratings 
through the roof. 26, 23, 49. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I didn't say a score. Right, so. but it is like, <laughs> right. But it's it's a, like, fluky things happen. And sometimes you don't end up with the best team. Like, well, look at the, the 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 Vikings beating the Saints that year. That, that, that the Jags making an AFC championship. Like, yeah. Right. Well, the Jags, like I said, every now and then they just kind of surprise. But the, look, when we made it, when, say, we, when we won, but we played Case Keenum in the Minnesota Vikings, the NFC championship. That's what I just said. But oh, also, yeah. look, just real quick, I want to say, like, I, I feel like this game is kind of unique because the Eagles and Niners, they don't really like, there's not a ton of bad blood between these two teams, but there's not. But you know who's really mad right now is Giants fans and Cowboys fans because Giants fans and Niners fans, like, Giants and Niners have a rivalry. You know, lots of lots of playoff battles in the '80s and '90s between them. True. Just like Early very, 2000s too. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, uh, the uh, comeback uh, Niners. Uh, Jeff Garcia, yep, years. The, Jeff Garcia, yep. yeah, yep. Jeff Garcia versus Kerry Collins, I think. That's right. And then the um, and Trey Junkin with the bad snap, and yep. then the um, the Cowboys and Niners obviously have had a bunch of playoff games where uh, you know. You like often like in the mid nineties it would go either way, but like back when the Cowboys uh, usually with the Niners yeah. winning. So no matter what, Giants fans and Eagles fans, I mean, excuse me, Giants fans and Cowboys fans rather, they're not going to be happy with whoever makes it to the Super Bowl. That's true. So I, I almost feel like even if the Niners win this game, Eagles fans will be like, you know, hats off, go win it, and vice versa. If the Eagles beat the Niners, the Niners will be like, hats off, go win the bowl. There, there, there's well, I mean, we'll, we're not going to be thrilled that we're not going to Super Bowl. No, 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 there won't no, be I'm, bad right. blood the way there would have been had God forbid it been Dallas. From right, this, right. Eagle, from like, this Eagles fan, if Niners win, go Bengals. Can I just say that would have been spicy as hell, like having Dallas and Philadelphia for a Super Bowl berth on the line. This Dallas spiciest. hasn't been the Super Bowl since 1996. Oh, like, and and also, you mentioned a really good point about how there isn't really much bad blood between the Eagles and 49ers. It's the first time since the 2015 season that the NFC Championship has not been a repeat of any regular season games. Like if you if you think about that, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And Eagles never matched up during the regular season. It's like we've gotten we're getting 18 week uh, NFL seasons now. And it's pretty cool that in the last game of each or of specifically they the played NFC, early 2021, the Niners yeah. won, but then the Eagles. I was got there. It was a rough them. game. Yeah. yeah, rough game. But you even said after that one, like you know, the Eagles kind of impressed you because they weren't very good at that point, but like they showed up. Right, and you know, you sort of saw the pieces last year, um, and and there were times, and and early on. Uh, Elijah's memory is that I said they should fire Sirianni after week one. That's not what happened. Dude, no, if you recall the first half of last season, if you they were, the first half of last season, they were number one in throwing the ball. They were nearly last in rushing the ball. They then completely did the opposite and made the playoffs. My right. point during the season was, hey, maybe try writing the ball more, which is what they did a lot more of this season. Which I think another thing is that I think both the way both these teams play, there's going to be fewer possessions, which I think benefits Philly. And it means a quicker game. By the way, you did absolutely say fire Sirianni, but we won't talk about that right now because we're going to move on to the AFC Championship game, Yep, which is tomorrow on CBS at 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific time. Um, hopefully Luna's done with her bath by then. Uh, we'll go pick her up. Yeah, we'll pick her up. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, you know, this game obviously less, you know, y'all – have less of a rooting interest, but if the Eagles do win, then I'm sure you have a preference in terms of opponent. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's hear your picks. Let's uh, let's get Orange first. I don't have I don't have a preference either. Either either opponent is going to be a rough a rough one for us. But who I actually think is going to win this game from like a complete take Eagles out of this equation, take who I want to see out of this equation, it's going to be the Bengals. Um, Chiefs are good. Again, I'll say what I said. As long as my home is on the field. 
he's one of those players you can't you can't look away from. Um, but this Bengals team has it all. Their Unless defense is playing it. well. Their offense is playing phenomenally. They're so talented. Mm. Where pretty much your top, their their one through three receivers are a starter on most teams. Um, actually, I would say almost every team. T. Higgins, Boyd is Absolutely. a phenomenal receiver, and of of course Jamar Chase went healthy. Um, their running backs are obviously showing. I don't. I mean, I don't know much about uh, Perian if, if I'm correct, right? The backup. P. Ryan. I, I, Ryan. Sorry. I know when Mixon got hurt, he had some good games. But I, I worked a lot during some of those games, so I didn't get a chance to like see him personally. But I know they have a good backfield. And then Joe Burrow, I've been saying it for the last two years. I think last year's Super Bowl was a good, a good Super Bowl. I think he was close. I think this year he'll he'll get there. Yeah, I mean, you know, this year what, he won't. What's have... the score, by the way, Warren? Oh, sorry, Thank sorry. You. Um Oh, if I'm gonna be honest, I think this might be the first time. I don't actually. I don't, I don't have a good track record of Andy Reid's uh, f- f- scores, but I think it's the first time he'll get pretty, pretty upset, pretty shocked. So I think Ooh, Bengals are actually gonna win this game pretty big. I think it's. Gonna, I, 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 I think I, it's gonna be a shootout. I think it's gonna be thirty-one twenty. Ooh, that's interesting. You know, I, that's kind of like I, I was kind of thinking the other day. Like it might be multiple scores. Like I can see. No, this, this see... will not be. This will not be a defensive game. But well, right. But I'm saying like I, I see your line of thinking is what I'm saying. Like I, I could see it being a, a two score game. Uh, what about you? Know what do you think? Look, I mean everything is pointing to the Bengals. Burrow is three and zero against them. Pat is hurt. Orin talked about all the weapons. I mean, you just go down the list of weaponry. In Cincinnati, you talk about the three receivers, Hayden Hurst, one of the more underrated tight ends. Even now, Trenton Irwin, former high school rival of mine, crazy to see him now catching passes from Joe Burrow. That's awesome. Yeah, no. So, I mean, you go down the offensive line, the rebuilt offensive line playing phenomenally well. They're having guys, they're having both tackles out against Buffalo and still playing well. That being said, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of our generation, inarguably. He is he is the best player in the NFL. Tim Brody, Tim Brody still has that mantle. Tim Brody is pretty pretty dang good, man. That's that's hysterical that you could even you'd even consider commit consider that you'd even consider them comparable this season is laughable at best. No, not this season of our generation. Oh, no, no, no. Brady's generation. I consider Brady of this generation, I guess we should say. This generation, of course. Gen Z? I would, I would say, that, yeah, I would say Pat's more Gen Z okay. generation quarterback. Sorry, sorry. So just to cover, you're saying with like Josh Allen, Burrow, all those. Burrow, guys. Herbert, right. Okay. Or or okay. even go back, even go back a couple of years, include Lamar in that. No, no, no. Like That's that. Fine. Oh, yeah. Right. Who, who, yes. who the guy, like who they're going to rub with. He's that I one. Mean, look, the present. I will say He's also Aaron got Rodgers, now, he, now, Aaron Rodgers all, last two seasons of MVP. That's comparable to Mahomes. But sure. that's a whole other conversation. I think we have, I think we have similar. We have what I, I similar to LeBron fatigue, where other guys were winning MVPs and getting the discussion of best player in the NBA, whether it was Giannis, KD, Steph. But in we, in reality, LeBron was the best player, basketball player on the planet. I, I get that. I think the high ankle sprain is going to be a massive deal because of a lot of what Mahomes does comes off of extension and it comes off being able to move. I don't think it's going to be a blowout no matter what. I just don't see that happening. I think both these teams are too good and too evenly matched. I love Andy. In the big games he has shown, he te- when it comes down to the one play they need, he can't always be trusted. Time management, he does have a history of it. He does have a history of problem with it. I have been going back year. and forth on my pick all game. If you tell me to give you my rationale or logic, my, it really just is 
because Patrick Mahomes. And because Patrick Mahomes, I'm saying the Chiefs will win. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I can see it getting up into the high 30s. I think it's going to be more like 31-28, 34-30 along those lines. I just think the way that he has all season without Tyreek Hill, without certain members of his offensive line at times, with Sky with with Sky Moore not being great, with with not getting uh uh uh, uh what's his name from the Giants late the season, he finds ways to figure it out and get it done. And I think he will Sunday. And I will also say I will go out and now and say whoever comes out of the AFC will be the eventual eventual Super Bowl champion, regardless of who comes out of the NFC. Okay, I respect it. I will say Mahomes is, look, I'm with you that he is the best, um, you know, like definitely the most talented quarterback of this generation. But Burrow at this point, I think absolutely has a case for, and I, I think, you know, it, it'll help him if he gets more accolades and he, you know, wins a Super Bowl. But like, I mean, look, it's just different style of play, right? It's, it's one of those things where, yes, Mahomes is, the most talent, like it is LeBron fatigue applies when we're talking about MVPs, you know, like Russell Westbrook won one year, even though LeBron's obviously a better player than he is. But the thing is when it comes to like winning in championships, it's like, I mean, Tim Duncan isn't considered a better player than LeBron, but he beat or like they were, I mean, obviously LeBron did beat them in one finals, but Duncan and co, and co were able to beat, um, were able to beat LeBron in the finals because the Spurs just had like a better team than the uh, the, uh, the Chiefs at the time, the, the the Heat at the time. Why am I saying sure? Chiefs? I'll oh, give yeah. you that. It's an, it's an analogy, and the point I'm making is the the Bengals. Look, I think when it comes to Mahomes and Burrow, there it is like comparing apples and oranges, meaning you can compare them because they're both fruits and they're both really delicious. But it's also like they're different style of fruits. You know, they're they're very different things. And you know, obviously Burrow's the orange with the orange helmet. Mahomes is the apple with the red helmet. Right, yes, apple. Um, right. I didn't. Oh, nice, nice going, Orin. Uh, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Um, I think that. Yeah, so I th- I think in, in this case, it, it seems to me that the, the the difference between these two right now is the fact that one, Mahomes is hurt and Burrow's not, and two. The Bengals have a better overall team than the Chiefs. Right. The Bengals are an overall better team. The one thing I'll say, I didn't mean to go on that game of Holmes tangent. The one thing I'll say as far as like talent, as far as like how good they are, if you take Jamar Chase away from Cincinnati, do you think that Joe Mix or Joe Burrow gets better? Because I think uh, the fa- I think that Tyreek no. Hill getting traded away and wait, 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 Mahomes wait, wait. getting having a statistical- if you take if you take Travis Kelsey from uh the Chiefs, does well, Mahomes get well, better? They just well, wait, wait, no, no, wait, wait. Because because it's that's an inaccurate comparison. Because if you took Jamar away, they'd still have things there, right? They'd still have T. They'd still have a great running back. They'd still have. But we're talking Tyler their Boyd, number. We're talking forget, their number one. We forget was a thousand yard receiver. My point being, he lost a top five, arguable top three, arguable best receiver in football, and statistically got better. That is so astronomically crazy to me and i think it's one of the things people just aren't maybe fully grasping how crazy that is the Bengals, i think have a much better roster particularly on the defensive side of the ball now that being said kansas city does not have slouches there carl is one of my favorite guys coming out of the graph chris jones is phenomenal they've got really good dbs now their dbs are young that's the scary part for me their dbs are talented but they start what three rookies in secondary i think 
That yeah. I think is going to cause a problem. No, yeah, defense, and and I think that the Bengals are more talented on defense. I like their you know Sam Hubbard and um and Trey Hendrickson combo and uh, pass rush. And Logan um, Wilson, one of the more underrated Wilson, backers. I love Logan Wilson. Loved him since his days at Wyoming. He made a crazy play in a, one of the bowl games where he just ripped the ball away from yeah, the Yeah, ripped it from him, yeah. Great, great play. But anyway. He also stuffed. Also, another, the line another important thing is Travis Kelsey's got a back injury right now. And I True. think that's going to affect him. And last game they played against each other in Cincinnati, Kelsey didn't have a catch until the third quarter. And then he fumbled later in that quarter. Which cost him. I think that if the Bengals want to win this game, they're going to have to get at least another turnover, and I think they will be able to. Given Mahomes is a little do, hobbled, receivers you know, aren't free, and Kelsey's a little hurt. That being said, I think they will get that turnover, and I think the Bengals will end up winning this game. Um, I just think they're the better team, and even though the Chiefs are at home, that doesn't matter to the that that really the home team that really doesn't matter in terms of quarterback matchup, and that doesn't matter to Joe Burrow. Uh, you nothing know, he nothing affects him. No, doesn't affect him at all. In a, in That's a, why. Wait, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. That's why. Uh, yes, I think the Bengals win. I think the final score will be 34-31. Thrilling game. I don't think there's going to be a comeback this time. Uh, I think that you know it's just going to kind of be like a back and forth. Bengals run away. Bengals run away at the end. It's going to be 34-24. Chiefs are going to get the touchdown. Um, and then they won't get the onside kick. The Bengals win. For for what it's worth, my only my only worry about this game um is that this is like a lose lose game for the Bengals, right? Where if you if you lose this game, people are gonna be like, Oh, you lost to an injured team and in a beat up team. But if you win this game, they're gonna say, Oh, you lost to an injured Mahomes and an injured Kelsey. Right, right. And, if, right. And, and I hate that because this season was so good for them, and they also had their fair totally share of true. injuries throughout the year. They lost Chase for eight weeks. They lost yes, my fantasy team. They lost Mixon. They lost players, and they're still here. They beat a Bills in a very dominant game, and I'm scared. Like I'm not even a, a fan of the Bengals, but for what's worth for Bengals fans who might be watching, for what's worth, I hope that whatever happens doesn't get taken away from what this team has done and what they Great. like. What happened? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right, I right. hope. Yeah, I mean, last week's win, especially like in Buffalo in that weather, that was a very, very impressive win. This Bengals team is is awesome. It's, it's legit. Noah Friedman. Was it my what? turn? Yes, it is ready? your turn. Yes, you are ready. Okay, so this is the third time that these teams are matching up in the calendar year. They played the AFC Championship game January thirtieth, twenty twenty two. It was a twenty seven twenty four Bengals win in overtime, as everybody remembers. Then they flipped and played in Cincinnati this past season, December 4th, 27-24. Again, the Bengals won. That was without Joe Mixon, which is crazy to me to think about how they could beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who at the time were healthy. They didn't have any significant injuries from what I could tell. It was around the time when Clyde Edwards-Elair was really kind of starting to go out of the offense, and Isaiah Pacheco, their rookie running back from Rutgers. I think he needs to have a big game. He was coming into the fold. So we have no idea really how he's going to perform in this particular game. What worries me about Cincinnati that you guys have not touched on yet, the fact that the Bengals have had to restructure their offensive line right. in recent weeks. They lost Lyle Collins to an ACL and MCL tear before the start of 2023. And then they also lost uh, two key players on their offensive line, Jonah Williams, who just never gets hurt. So both tacklers are out on Sunday for the Bengals. And then, Alex, Ka- and then Alex Kappa, Kappa, one of their interior guards. It, it here's the thing though Joe Burrow has had to play with backup offensive linemen basically his entire career you guys remember last year the Bengals played the Titans in Tennessee and Joe Burrow got sacked nine times in that game and they still ended up winning that game yeah like crazy to me to think so 
I can't pick against Cincinnati because like you guys have said, if we want to take a long argument that you guys have said and place it short, it's the fact that the Bengals have a better team right now than the Chiefs. The Chiefs might have better individual top-tier talent, like a Kelsey and like a Mahomes, but like Elijah said, both are banged up at this point. So I want Kansas City to win the game. Mm -hmm. I don't think they will. The fact that Noah Gross mentioned Joe Burrow has never lost to Patrick Mahomes in his career. Joe Burrow in three playoff road games has won every single one. And every single one, he's also been an underdog. This line for this Chiefs-Bengals game right now is Kansas City minus one and a half. And it swung both ways in recent days, too. The Bengals at one point were minus one on the road. So oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot at stake here. And oh, we're at 1.5. Okay, right, right. In, in retrospect, I would have picked the Chiefs had Mahomes not had that high ankle sprain. And, like, people are – what's the opposite of, like, downplaying something? Like um, overhyping. Uh, overhyping. Yeah, over, I, I, I truly believe they're overhyping it. If Andy Reid, who's one of the greatest coaches of all time, and somebody who Noah Gross and, and Orrin have you know rooted for for a number of years, <laughs> if he says that Patrick Mahomes is moving around fine, we should take him at his word, right? Like we definitely should. But the fact I mean, of the matter is, I'm picking the Bengals, and it's going to be 20 degrees at kickoff. You guys think it's going to be an offensive bonanza? I don't see it playing out that way. I see the forces that I was talking about kind of balancing each other out. Hmm. I'm going to say Cincinnati 17, Kansas City 16. Wow. Like, wow. Whoever's, bet, whoever's betting under. You think Mahomes is only going to get 60 points? That's, that's a crazy thing. You think the Bengals are only going to get 70 points? It's a crazy thing. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. The hardest thing about this game crazy is like, thing. the hardest thing about this game is that I don't know if I want to bet against Mahomes. And I don't know if I want to bet against Joe Burrow. Like, they're two, they're winners. They're both, it's so hard to think the other one's going to lose. But, well, hey, look. But, like you guys said, Burrow's underrated. Like, that's just the fact of the it matter. Does, it does feel like the under might hit. That's a good point. So, so can, can, can I ask this? And, like, I'm trying to figure out like, how to verbalize it and make it make sense. But we talk about how Burrow has not lost to Mahomes. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. In my head, I go, yeah, so then Mahomes is due one. Like, Mahomes is due. And as we're all saying, oh, he's hurt and whatever, like, yeah, you weren't. We are sitting here today doubting Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City. He has a high ankle sprain. I know, I, I understand that, but just the 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 overall concept that we are sitting here doubting the Kansas City Chiefs makes me go, are, are, not like, are we in the Twilight Zone, but like a little bit, are we in the Twilight Zone? Like, are we forgetting this is the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, they have been those guys. Like, I think again, I think it's just success fatigue. There's a part of me that goes, okay, it's been 27-24, 27-24. It keeps being these close games. At a certain point, just almost like statistically, like improbability odds-wise, one of them has to go Kansas City's ways. It just does as far as like, you can't tell me they're going to play forever and Kansas City is always going to lose to the Bengals for the rest of infinity. That's just not how it's going to work. Like, like probably I agree, but each game, each game, like, you know, starts 0-0. No, I'm saying, but each so each game has been close, and each meeting is each different. Game been, each game has been close. There have been mitigating facts in each game. At a certain point, the coin flip of like of winning because these games have more or less come down to a coin flip, not literally, but like very or in some cases, literally figuratively, with you know overtimes and coin flips. One of them just has to eventually come up heads for Kansas City. My gut just tells me this is their coin flip. Yeah, you know, look. Did you just talk yourself out of your pick? No, he's picking. He's picking Kansas City. <laughs> oh, too. Yeah, 
But look, I I still think like well, look, he he picked not, me further about, from his pick. It's really not about <laughs> doubting, it's really not about doubting Mahomes. It's about like it's about Burrow and the Bengals. It's about you know they are the defending AFC champions for a reason. They played this game last year. And this exact game, they, like you know, obviously they, you know, and I, I think the difference is between this year's game and last year's game is the Chiefs got worse, and the Bengals are better than they were I mean, last. Year. I mean, and another easy That's comparison why. is everything that we we say about the Chiefs and how Mahomes is this and Kelsey this and his whole offense and his whole team is this. The Bengals have been that for the last two three years as well. Well, at you least know, two years, right. at least two years, two years, fine, but like. Whatever we we years. saw glimpses of it for for the last two but, years, yeah. It's not glimpses, fine. But the last two years, they've shown it. And at, at what point do you now say, wait, are they not that those guys? You know, are, I would are, say are they... I would say if they win Sunday, they are definitively the best team in the AFC, which you said at the beginning of the season, and mm-hmm. I wasn't quite there, or or on Burrow for that matter. I think if they win, for me, for me personally, this is like my like opinion. It's not like a fact by any stretch of the imagination. I would then say yes, they on the coffin. They are definitively sort of taking the mantle from the Chiefs as like the team in the AFC. Whereas I don't think we've had a the team in the NFC for a while now. Um, I think it sort of went from the Patriots, sort of to the Chiefs. I think we can now see a transition to it being the Bengals. Could it be Sunday? Absolutely. But I don't think anyone would be shocked to see Kansas City win either. I think we're sort of getting the discussion because it's sort of just three picking one, one versus the other, where it seems like so extreme. I don't think you guys would be stunned if Kansas City won this game. No. Oh, absolutely not. 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 No, that's the thing. I will not be stunned either way. I feel like I kind of would. Really? I guess that's fair. Because I guess I guess. I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, I mean look, a back a back injury for a tight end sucks. They're always getting hit in the back. And especially when you're going, going up to get the ball, full extension, catch radius. We just have to see. Because everybody was doubting Jalen Hurts' injury status when he came back from his shoulder. And Jimmy Johnson, our famed Hall of Fame analyst on Fox, literally did a halftime package in the Giants game. It was like, Jalen Hurts' shoulder's fine. It's the same deal. Like, yeah. just it's a matter of can those – Forces that have caused these guys to be hurt, are they going to shave off from the last game or are they going to have so much rest and so much preparation? And are the trainers and all those guys going to get all the credit in the world for Patrick Mahomes and or Travis Kelsey being back to their normal self? That's all all the adrenaline and all for me. For me, it doesn't matter if they're both healthy. I still think Bengals win this game. I just hope both teams have a really good time, you know. I just hope. I that... mean, I mean, I think it'll be a great. I game. think it'll be a great game. I think we're getting a great game. We're gonna oh, yeah. have a great time as sports fans. Oh my god, I'm I'm so excited! Like honestly, Burrow Mahomes, like this kind of matchup is like this is what it's this is why you watch football. Like these are peak quarterbacks, peak teams going yeah. up against each other. That's why I made us the um the what's it called the 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 thumbnail is you know and I think fans. It's weird, but I love it. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> I think in general, fa- fans of football, fans who don't have a vested interest in the AFC Championship, w- generally will be happy no matter who comes out. Like I- I've seen some comparisons talking about how like this is the new Brady and and Manning, where it was almost the inverse, where no one like Brady was always such a you know just a jerk his entire career, and Peyton had a bit of you know Peyton arrogance to him that you were kind of like you didn't really want to see either go. We're thrilled to see Pat go. We're thrilled to see Joe go. Like, no matter who comes out of, on either side, I think fans in general are going to be happy with the Super Bowl matchup. Right. They're both really cool people at the end of the day. It's not like, 
you know, it's not like with Brady when he was getting annoying. And uh, I mean, Manning, Manning had his own issues as well. But like, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. Like these are and Roethlisberger made a bunch of championships, too. And it's like, like, I hate we, that. Guy. We all know there's more than enough reasons to not like Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, hey, yeah. I'm going to jump in for a second to be like, hey, guys, I do have to go. So I'm gonna thank bounce. you, and we are gonna wrap up. Yeah, we can, we're, we're, yes. we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap up. You don't you don't have to shut up your screen right now. We can do okay. this. Okay, Corey okay. Grenberg picked the Eagles and the Bengals for Super Bowl Fifty Seven in Glendale, Arizona, February twelfth. Everybody watch that on Fox. Noah Gross they will picked. They will. <laughs> Noah Gross picked the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles to represent the AFC and NFC in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Elijah, you picked the. Or, I'm with Orrin. You picked the Bengals and you picked the uh, Eagles to advance and yes sir boys as much as i hate to say it i'm picking the Bengals and i'm picking the 49ers that'd be a nice rematch of super bowl 16 and super bowl 23 wait yeah 23 yeah that's true joe montana just carving up the Bengals. joe montana was it 16 16 and 20 now who was the Bengals quarterback they were ken Ken anderson Anderson. and then it was uh boomer Boomer size and there you go ken anderson the first time yes it was but yeah. was that 16? I'm going to have to look that up. That's going to kill me. It, it was. It was. It, was, it definitely it was. was. It was. Yep. But in any case, th- this has been so much fun. We, we, we've had Noah guys. Gross and we've had Oren Grenberg on our show individually. But the fact that we brought you two together, especially when your team is, is hopefully, for your sake, going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Comment. Like, very, very awesome. I, I, I love hearing that. So, um, it's it's been really fun. I'm glad that we got to do this. The first time that the Jewpoint conversion or the cross country sports podcast, as it's formerly been known, has gone live, which is which is really cool. Did did you want to read this comment? You, uh, you're really my my father comment. tuned in. Hi hi dad. Shout out Robbo. Hi dad. Says, can I ask you? I heard ten percent of a story. It sounded intriguing a little, but I missed most of it. What was the brouhaha with Burrowhead Stadium? What happened? With yes, that? Noah, oh, you you know more. I I, about I, I know a lot about this. Uh, thank you for the question, by the way, Robo. So, um, just really quick before we go, so the the Bengals and the Chiefs have been doing a lot of smack talk. Uh, Willie Gay was asked straight up, "What do you like about the Bengals' offense?" <laughs> He's like, "Nothing, nothing." Um, um and, and I forget who exactly said uh, Burrowhead instead of Arrowhead. But Chris Jones ended his presser by saying, "Thanks, guys. See you at Burrowhead." Oh yeah, <laughs> which was super. Just like right. I, I love it. It's, I mean, hey, that's a lot of bulletin board material. But like, I like that the Bengals are kind of embracing the swag yeah. and the the like confidence of their quarterback. I think that says a lot about a team. So. Also, quick blip. We talk about it next episode. Frank Reich hired as the Bing, as the Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Well deserved. Well, I mean, well deserved, but it's a whole other issue with the fact. But that someone else was also deserving of a certain job, and certain someone didn't yeah. get it for certain reasons. Yeah. But in in any case, that's that's all I wanted. That's to a say. whole other we, episode, we, man. We we closing it out. Easalonky. You Twitter. can follow me on Twitter at Easalonky. Easy Sports Network, Chicago Clubhouse. You represent as well. Chicago Clubhouse Network. I'm Tuesdays on, and Thursdays. I'm on Twitter. No Friedman underscore. Gentlemen follow handles him. handles on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yeah. Okay. They're just really good. I don't live in Long Island. Like stand up, come see me. This is your exposure. Noah Gross, thank you so much. Noah Gross does does stand up in Staten Island. Do you actually? Long Island, but yes. (laughs) What does he stand? Don't 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 make that mistake. They get (laughs) really mad. They get really mad. I have been on the Staten Island ferry. Very cool. Very cool. I really enjoyed that. Much love as always, boys. Thanks for having me on. Go birds. More of a short desert. All right, let's wrap it up. I think I'm full of crap. I think I'm, I have to be just like some idiot who's full of crap. Please show up in the comments and, and tell me how I'm full of crap because I genuinely want to know because I have to be, right? I don't know who that guy is. That is John Boyce.
Oh my God! That's him. That? No, that was John Boyce. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that was him. All right, shalom, friends. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me.